It's Wednesday, so it's Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investments. Wayne, um, a couple of things I want to talk about today. And the first thing is, I'm looking at my screen now and I see the Dow Jones up 230 points. And I think to myself, looks like a boring day to me. I mean, this has become the new normal where 200 points means absolutely nothing. Yes, look, it's been very, very volatile. And it's been the case since this trade war story started with President Trump and China. Last night, China cut the import tariff on U.S. cars into China, and that just set the whole world equity markets alight to a certain degree, and we got quite a bit of strength in our market. And this is exactly what's happening. You're getting almost uh, good days and bad days, depending upon the news flow, and 1% up and down is actually quite normal in this sort of market. And then coupled with that, we've had rising interest rates in America, which has also added to the volatility of markets. So it's been a tough year, simply for those two factors. One, an economic factor, in other words, interest rates going up in America, and the other one, by and large, a political factor, which is President Trump drumming up support in America with all of these war talk about tariffs and cancelling previous agreements that the U.S. had set up with Iran and threatening to pull out of the World Trade Organization and the United Nations and just about every other organization that the U.S. actually set up. So at, from that respect, it has been interesting. It's been very interesting indeed. Uh, today, well, every day now between now and the end of the year is going to be fairly routine, but there are some uh, a few nuggets of interest. And the one today that I'd like to ask you about is Telcom. Telcom up over 6% today. What do you make of the Telcom, yes. Cell C, Blue Label, Potential Alliance? Do you agree with it? And are you a shareholder yes. in Telcom? No, not a shareholder in Telcom and definitely not a shareholder in Blue Label. This is such a difficult industry. Let me explain a little bit of the sort of the main dynamics of the cell phone industry in South Africa. Okay. First of all, it's a very saturated market. So every single person who can possibly own a cell phone owns 1.2 cell phones. So the market's very saturated. And just as an aside comment, that's why MTN went to Nigeria and Iran and all over the place and why telecom's gone because the, the South African market is X-growth. The second point is the government, justifiably so, I think, even though it's interfering with the capital, I suppose the capitalistic system, wants the cost of communication down and specifically the cost of data down. So the government is, is really legislating and driving to get the cost of communication down and to get it widespread and at the same price across the whole country. So even though your data cost, your data sales in volume might go up 30%, the price drops 20% every year. Yeah. So you're only getting a 10% enhancement. And of course, uh, the third point is, you know, I always thought it was only telecom that suffered from falling voice volume on their fixed line business. But nowadays it doesn't matter whether you fixed line or mobile, voice minutes are on the decline and consistently so for a number of years and that won't stop because everyone's moving to data. Right, the fifth factor, which is also unfortunately also negative, so it's five negatives in a row, <laughs> is that technology changes the whole time. So you're not only gone from 
3G to 4G to 5G, the next thing 6G and the next one 7G. And all of this costs a total and utter fortune to roll out this capital expenditure. So only the big guys, and there, to be honest, I think maybe only Vodacom, I don't even know whether MTN can actually afford to roll out this CapEx program. Because the moment you've got the one network rolled out, the next technology advances on you and you've got to roll out that network and make these enhancements. So in other words, this is an incredibly tough industry. And for two small players like Telcom and Sol C, you are on a hiding to nowhere. There is no ways under the current dynamics that you will make money. And Telcom has found that out. And Sol C, even though they have three big business plans going, they've got three big business plans which they say will be successful. I don't think so. Now, the Sol C business plans are quite simple. They say the next the next level of technology, the next uh, 5G, the industry cannot roll out under the current format and they'll have to form a club. And instead of rolling out four networks, they'll roll out one network and they'll all own shares in it. So they cut the cots of CapEx. Second thing that SALC says, you know, like First National Bank is a virtual network operator, I think called a VTO. Whereas you just put your label on a network, you don't actually own the cell phone towers. Yeah. That they say this is a major growth area, and they think Capitech is next, and they think they are the ones that companies like Capitech will piggyback off to do this. And then finally, they couldn't afford to roll out their own network. So if you were on Sol C, the moment you left a metropolitan area, you dropped a call, and then you went roaming onto MTN or Vodacom, but you dropped a call. It was a problem. Now, they hire network space on MTN now so that it's seamless. And in fact, Telcom's just done that with Vodacom. So this is a terrible industry that's massively cash flow negative unless you play a number one. So in my view, any chance of survival that Telcom or Salty has got is by combining because it's actually an ex-growth industry. It's very impressive, Wayne, because I didn't even prep you on that. I didn't phone you earlier and say, please give me the case for or against Telcom or Blue. No, this is one of my little pet interests, this, because, you know, when, when, when I grew up in investments, you couldn't own a better share than a cell phone company. You just had growth and you had fantastic returns. You couldn't own a better share, whereas nowadays it almost doesn't matter whether you own Vodacom or Telcom or MTN. They're all in this deep, deep negative cash flow scenario together it's actually the whole industry has changed quite dramatically yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens in the future because i mean look at us the way we're talking now we're talking on whatsapp there's going to be new whatsapps it'll be easy we'll just need the instrument and the data of course anyway yes. anyway those are going off my christmas list the other one it also begins with a t it's called 10 cent they've just had an ipo and it was at the bottom end of its range uh, 10 cent music has been yes. listed and it's going to raise around about 1.1 1.2 billion us dollars how big is this in 10 cents life and therefore naspers's life is it a small thing or is it something it's that relatively they, it, small yeah but it is going to be meaningful for earnings in the future, do you think? Over time, yes. I mean, the, the basic business model of Tencent and Naspers and Amazon, the basic business model is we want to do everything for you as our customer. So if you want to play a game, we want to give it to you. If you want to talk on the phone, if you want to chat to mates, if you want to do social media, if you want to bank, if you want to buy, if you want to watch a film, 
listen to music, whatever. If you are a customer, we want to give you everything you will need so that you don't have to have another app on your phone. So that's the basic business plan. So they spend a fortune and they massively cash flow hungry. I mean, they generate mass, massive cash flows as well to pursue this goal. Now, music is part of Tencent. Tencent, in, in my view, is a little bit different to the other to Amazon and a few of the other players in that at the moment, Tencent is still games. It's gaming in China. Now, they have got many, many, many other interests. Some of them are turning profitable. Some of them have still got a few years to go before they turn profitable. So the company will look very different in two or three years' time. But at the moment, Tencent is just games. And because the Chinese regulator has now put almost a moratorium on approving new games, it's one of the reasons why we've seen quite a big fall in the Tencent and, by definition, in the NASPAS share price, is that the games aren't coming through and Tencent is still games. But it is important that Tencent Music is out there and at listed, you know, there was still demand for it and they'll raise some cash because same as TV, you know, well, same as anything as games as well, is you've got to have content to keep your subscribers. Quite right. So it's diversifying its income stream, in other words, uh, defending yes. itself against uh, regulation in China and also new entrance to the market. Final question for this year. Actually, we might speak next week. Uh, I'll, I'll check your schedule. But final sure. question. If you'd have said to someone six months ago, buy Implats or Anglo-American Platinum, you would probably have said, well, they're cheap, but they could get cheaper. But they've turned around yes. enormously. For example, Implats has doubled in price. If you apply that same principle yeah. to decent stocks with decent market capitalization and decent liquidity and a decent business model and a decent everything else, boardroom, etc. And you have a look at the ones that uh, fit those criteria that, and have fallen 30, 40, 50% in 2018. Mm. Do you, on the first day of trading on the JSC Securities Exchange in 2019, say, I'm a retail investor, I'm going to take the top six worst performers in 2018 and buy them and come back in a year's time yeah. and see how I've done? Is that a good idea? Yeah. That's actually a very valid investment philosophy. You know, nothing, first of all, companies that have a good business model and have, and have been around for many years and have just fallen on what you hope is temporarily bad times, you know, they can swap usually. So it's, it's actually not that terrible an idea to buy companies that fell badly in the one year because there's a very good chance they could bounce again in the next year. And I mean, the best example in living memory almost, but certainly one that I remember extremely well, were the mining and resource shares at the end of 2015. I mean, these things haven't just, you know, gone up 30%. They've doubled and doubled and doubled again. Yeah, so, you know, maybe we should all be buying some Mediclinic. Maybe we should all be buying some Woolworths. Maybe we should all be buying some famous brands, seeing as though they seem to have sorted out the Burger King in the UK. The only ones we yeah, wouldn't buy, so, of course, is MTN because of the argument that you put up earlier and also yeah, Steinhoff yeah, I, because, I mean, you've got to be a real sicko. Yes, to, you just to, don't know, yeah. Exactly. Wayne, thanks so much for your time this evening. That's Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment.